Welcome to the Chiaroscuro Jazz Podcasts. I'm George Graham, Director of Artistry and Repertoire for the Venerable Jazz Label, celebrating our 50th anniversary and featuring over 100 titles by some of the world's great jazz musicians. This time we feature pianist John Eaton, who has released three solo albums on Chiaroscuro. A resident of the Washington, D.C. area, John Eaton is a graduate of Yale University and studied under classical pianist Alexander Lipsky. He is a versatile artist who has played everything from small jazz clubs to the White House. Along the way, he has performed at the Cool Jazz Festival and regularly appears at the Smithsonian Performing Arts Series, including some lectures on the American popular song. Some of these were broadcast on NPR. He has been a Steinway concert artist since 1988. John Eaton often puts together programs of music demonstrating the history of the music and composers who created the songs that have become jazz standards. Let's hear some music from his album Made in America, recorded in 1995, in which he featured music by composers who emigrated to America, and later we'll hear him talk about them. First, here's It's Almost Like Being in Love, September Song, and The Very Thought of You.
pianist John Eaton with The Very Thought of You, concluding a set which began with It's Almost Like Being in Love, then September Song, and just now The Very Thought of You from John Eaton's Chiaroscuro album Made in America. One of the distinctive features of Chiaroscuro CDs is the Jazz Speak track, in which the artists talk about their music in their own words. When given an opportunity to do a Jazz Speak track, John Eaton proceeded to give a fascinating explanation of the music and its composers. Here it is in its entirety. Ladies and gentlemen, we hear a lot of talk these days about fusion music, crossover music, and world music. These are buzzwords uh, that have become sort of tiresome to me because... They're used all too often uh, to describe things that aren't as significant as people seem to think they are. On the other hand, they are good words because they do describe what music does. Uh, in my experience, all music worthy of the name, all real music in other words, is in some way fusion, crossover, and world music because all real music is a mixture of things, different cultures and traditions, something new created out of something older, a miracle. And that's what this recording is about. Consider the case of Irving Berlin, in some people's opinion, the greatest songwriter America has ever had. Berlin was a crossover artist, if there ever was one. He came to this country in 1893 as a small child from a small town in Siberia. Berlin arrived here six years before the publication of Scott Joplin's Maple Leaf Rag in 1899, which was the piece that nine out of ten experts say launched American popular music in the 20th century. By 1910, a little over a decade later, this Jewish immigrant kid from Siberia, original name Israel Baleen, now Irving Berlin, was writing a new kind of music, which we have come to know as the American popular song. His first hit was Alexander's Ragtime Band in 1911. Not a ragtime piece for sure, but noticeably influenced by African-American rhythms and ragtime. And speaking of people changing their names, not to mention their musical personalities, take the case of Vladimir Dukelsky, whom we know better as Vernon Duke. The Dukelsky duke story is one of the most wonderful in all of American music. Dukelsky was Russian, as you might have guessed from his name. He came to America around 1920 in flight from the Bolshevik Revolution. He was already a rising star amongst Russia's young classical composers, a student at the Kiev Conservatory. But on his way uh, to America, an amazing thing happened. There was a stopover in Turkey, in Constantinople, as that distinguished city was then called. On a piano there, Dukelsky found the sheet music to some American popular songs. And among them was this song. Uh, the manuscript was attributed to someone called G.E.O. Gershwin. Now, this was first, uh, Gershwin's first hit song, Swanee. Dukelsky was totally turned around. From that moment on, he vowed that he was not only going to write symphonies, ballet scores, and the like, but popular songs in the American style. And under the pseudonym Vernon Duke, that's exactly what he did. April in Paris, I Can't Get Started, 
um, what is there to say, and many others. Dukelski Duke brings to mind another outstanding classical composer who came to the U.S. and crossed over to some extent, uh, both culturally and musically. Kurt Weil was born in Germany and was already in his mid-30s when he came here as a refugee from the Nazi regime, already a major figure in German musical circles. Among his American songs are September songs, Speak Low, and several other standards. And speaking of Germany, that's where the composer of Chicago, Chicago, that toddle in town came from. Uh, he also wrote Peg of My Heart and Your Feet's Too Big, the Fats Waller classic. Fred Fisher was born in Cologne in the 1870s. He served in the German Navy and French Foreign Legion before arriving here and becoming an American songwriter. Not your average songwriter's background, to be sure. But in addition to some very fine songs, uh, Fred Fisher produced two children, Marvin and Doris Fisher, who became distinguished composers in their own right. Now, when Miles Davis first played On Green Dolphin Street, uh, or pianist Bill Evans played Invitation as jazz pieces, they may or may not have been aware that the composer, Branislav Kaper, was from Warsaw, Poland. It probably wouldn't have made any difference one way or another because it was the music that they were interested in anyway, which underscores the point that music in its way tends to erase cultural differences and prejudice instead of exacerbating them. Caper composed lush movie themes and also songs like San Francisco, Open Your Golden Gate, and All God's Chillin' Got Rhythm. Now, if it took somebody from Poland to write a great song about San Francisco, so it took a man from Trinidad, British West Indies, to write a great song about the state or Commonwealth of Virginia. Donald Haywood composed I'm Coming Virginia in 1926. It has been a jazz standard almost from the day it was written, first with Bix Beiderbecke and then Count Basie. Haywood was an amazing character. In addition to music, he studied law and medicine and was the first director of the Negro Theater Guild. He was the vocal coach of Leslie Uggams, who once told me that there were piles of great Donald Haywood music that never gets played, a project for the future, obviously. Now, when we think of Sophie Tucker, and some one of these days, we don't think necessarily of Ontario, Canada, but that's where Shelton Brooks, the composer, was born. He was a highly successful and prolific writer who wrote, among other things, the Darktown Strutter's Ball. In recent years, since the Beatles, in fact, much has been said and written about the cross-fertilization between British and American popular music. But the story is really much older than that. Uh, the British were among the first to recognize the importance of 20th century American popular music and jazz. Noel Coward made the famous remark that it was writers like Gershwin in Berlin that made him see that it was possible to take light music, that is, popular music, seriously. And there were many others who did so, too. The famous band leader, Ray Noble, who made a living not only in music but in playing the central casting Brit, Adrift in America, wrote many wonderful songs that have become American standards. The Very Thought of You and I Hadn't Anyone Till You, which uh, is on this recording. He also wrote Cherokee, which, since Charlie Parker, has been a jazz standard. We forget that the late Julie Stein, that most American of writers, was also born in England, not only a great composer, but a person whose career spanned several generations. He was old enough to have played for Al Capone in the Chicago of the 1920s, and old enough to have been the real-life accompanist of the real-life Fanny Bryce, yet also young enough to have written the first hit song for Barbara Streisand, who played the role of Fanny Bryce, of course, in Funny Girl. But long before Julie Stein and Ray Noble, a wonderful composer came here from Dublin, Ireland, 
and changed the face of American music and the theater. Victor Herbert's contribution was immense and also self-explanatory. For some people, Herbert really doesn't quite fit into the other composers on the CD. And in fact, uh, he was in some ways closer to European operetta than American popular music. But under that rule of thumb, you'd have to eliminate Frederick Lowe, who was from Berlin, Germany, who of course wrote the score for My Fair Lady, Paint Your Wagon, uh, and Brigadoon, all of which remain high points of the American musical theater. And going further back, you'd have to eliminate also Franz Lehár and Sigmund Romberg, who were both Hungarian, uh, and also closer perhaps to operetta or Eurocentric music, as they say today, than they are to the American pop tradition. And yet they contributed in their own way an enormous amount to American culture. Their music has always been at least as popular here as it has been in Europe. And again, jazz musicians eagerly have adopted their tunes for improvising purposes. So I guess we're back to the concepts of fusion, crossover, and world music again. Real music knows no boundaries. It's one of those things in life that tends to unify us instead of dividing us. John Eaton on the music on his album Made in America. Now here's more from that album, starting with Invitation by Bronislav Kaper, How Deep is the Ocean by Irving Berlin, and a medley of tunes by Julie Stein.
John Eaton with music from his Chiaroscuro album Made in America, including Invitation, How Deep is the Ocean, and a medley of tunes by Julie Stein. By the way, the liner notes for that album were written by John Eaton's friend, the great political satirist Mark Russell. John Eaton has released two other recordings for Chiaroscuro. One is called Indiana on My Mind, featuring the music of Indianan composers Hoagie Carmichael and Cole Porter, and the other, recorded in 2000, is live from Steinway Hall. You can find John Eaton's three Chiaroscuro releases on our website, chiaroscurojazz.org, where you can find a searchable database of artists and music on the label. The music is available on CD, as a download, and streaming on Spotify and other streaming services. And you can listen to continuous jazz from the over 100 albums available on Chiaroscuro 24 hours a day on the Chiaroscuro channel, available at the new and improved Chiaroscuro website. This is George Graham. Thanks for listening to this Chiaroscuro podcast, and join us next time for more music from great jazz artists.